Francisco Lindor has 341 million reasons to love the New York Mets. Rob Manfred makes a call to the bullpen on the All-Star game. Dan predicts the Braves missing the playoffs, and that's not even the best hot take from the opening week in a baseball. Here comes the old number one. Get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. And welcome to Season 2 of The Heater as we get ready for the brand new season of Major League Baseball. Opening weekend is in the books. Plenty of crazy and outlandish hot takes uh, uh, around the uh, media board. Uh, and we'll make some of our own here today as well as predictions on how we think this season is going to go. Uh, but before we dive into that, as always... The Heater Podcast is brought to you by River Creek Popcorn. For all of your snacking needs and for baseball games and movies of choice, come hungry, leave happy. It is also opening weekend coming up here Friday, for the River Creek Popcorn. Friday, 11 a.m. I'll be there. Saturday, 11 a.m. Sunday, 11 a.m. We had to go back to the Sunday night recording down in the down in the basement with the TV screens because I got my yes. days spent at the popcorn wagon on the weekends. I'm excited. We... Got the, starting to get the advertising out today, and it's been some good, re, good uh, reception to it. I think people are really excited. The weather is gorgeous in Wisconsin right now. Unfortunately, it's going to rain, but right today, these last couple of days have been like perfection. And we are outside broadcasting uh, here today. I got the pina colada sitting next to me and uh, enjoying a uh, seventy-degree weather in, in Wisconsin with no humidity. Yeah, life is uh, pretty sweet right about How now. How was your Easter? It was good. It was. Uh, uh, Smoked uh, my first ever uh, Easter ham, uh, and uh, I'm never going back to store bought. That thing's amazing. Really? Uh, so I am. Uh, uh, in, How long did it take? Seven hours, as you said, right? You know, I was. Uh, I put in at five in the morning. I was up for the, right. the sunrise for, service, so it made, it made it easy for that. And when I came back at a little after eleven, it was already at temp. I just put on the glaze, nice, then let it uh, rest for about uh, two hours. Wrap that thing up, and then uh, put it out. And excellent. Convenient. Convenient when you get up that early for something else. I'm not getting up that early to make a ham. <laughs> I, I was, uh, with already being up, made it easy to uh, to toss it on in. I almost, uh, I, I did the guy thing. I didn't measure. Uh, this was a full, this was the full fresh ham. Uh, and I did not measure to see the uh, the size of it versus the size of my smoker. And so I started uh, uh, busting out geometry, trying to figure out, okay, what diagonal rate do I have off? to do this? Otherwise, I have to go and get a, a bone saw. <laughs> Shave some uh, off. <laughs> So, uh, we made it work. Tastes delicious. You'll find out a little I'll, later. I'm, wake, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, as we uh, get ready to uh, kick off spring, we kick off with our uh, predictions. That's what's going to be coming up in, in today's uh, uh, podcast. We have predictions on the, the season. MVP, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year, division winners, who's going to the playoffs, who's winning it all, uh, along with our best hot takes of opening weekend. Before we dive into that, we'll take a look at some uh, news and notes uh, and uh, injuries already. Uh, Josh Donaldson, one inning. Uh, that's that's how far he made it here, one inning. It wasn't the calf, right? It's usually the calf. Right, right? It's usually the calf. So he was playing the Brewers, so I was watching this game. He took a pitch off of Brandon Woodruff, deposited in left center field for a double, came up a little lame around second base, or not even two second base, a little short of second base, stuck it out the rest of that inning, was pulled, Hamstring strain, he finds himself on the IL. You'd like to think that he'll find a way to get to 130 games. It seems more and more likely that we're lucky if we get to 110 with Josh Donaldson. Yeah, I just don't think his... 
even moving him to, to DH, it just his you body can. just isn't. They have Nelson do Cruz. It. Well, yeah, and, <laughs> oh, man, is Nelson <laughs> Cruz good today? Woo. But yeah, you're, they're not benching Nelson Cruz for Josh Donaldson at this point. Next week, when we talk about uh, on a heater, uh, there might be yeah. a, a nice name there in Minnesota. Yeah, the Brewers couldn't even beat him two of three when he wasn't playing. So. Let's move on to the next injury. How about we go to, oh, let's go to G-Man Choi. He's your guy. Arthroscopic knee surgery. I didn't see a time late, timeline for this one. You're looking at, uh, I'd say, mid-May, uh, mid-May is the earliest that he's uh, coming back. Yoshi Sutsugo is taking his place at first base, opens up the, the outfield where you have uh, – uh, Margot getting more time. Your he boy, good. he was good. Uh, he's going to get that playing time. He has been. Uh, he was on fire in spring training. He's comfortable. He's ready. The bat's good. The defense was already there, uh, so uh, it it fits together for uh, for that standpoint. And uh, it's all it's all about uh, positional flexibility with the Rays. So they're ready to take in just almost any injury. Teams that's maybe not as flexible. My team, the Kansas City Royals. I'll I'll claim them. Albert Alberto Mondesi, their fast shortstop, one of their probably maybe their best player. Right before the season started, we heard he had an oblique injury. We mentioned it was Springer the week before. Obliques aren't good. Sounds like his is probably going to be a month. They kept Kyle Isbell up, who's been playing very well the first few days. They actually had like a 14-run game to start the season off, which I didn't see coming. But I'm not too concerned about the Royals. Either they're going to make me look like a genius, or I'll just say it was possibly due to this injury. Yeah, they're going to be, uh, they're one of the more uh, fun teams to watch to see how they the develop. You, like we talked about in previous podcasts, we see the scenario where they uh, develop at a much quicker rate. We'll see how everything goes. One of them, you're going to hear his name in, in my predictions a little bit, so I don't think this is too big of an injury, but Key Brian Hayes finds himself on the 10-day IL with a left wrist injury. He had a home run opening day for the Pirates, and then he jammed his wrist on a swing on Saturday. They t- pulled him from the game, put him on the 10-day IL, Two, three weeks, you're going to be cautious, right? Obviously, they're not contending this year. You're going to be cautious, but I think he's going to be okay. I think he'll be back fairly soon. I, I believe we'll both be talking about him a little later. Got to find a good thing to talk about the Pirates. Last hitter injury for the week. Uh, well, there's one more. We'll just mention Garrett Cooper quick. It's a 10-day IL placed as of today. He had a reaction to the COVID vaccine. The second one, it sounds like, is pretty tough on some younger people, so we hope he recovers quickly from that. Kyle Lewis, though, right before the season started, got placed on the IL with a knee injury from the Mariners. Remember, he's the rookie of the year, reigning AL rookie of the year. They brought up Taylor Trammell. Obviously, they have a couple of other outfield prospects that are going to come up here in the short term, I would think. But when Kyle Lewis is back healthy, he's going to get that spot back in that lineup. Who do we have for uh, uh, pitchers? Pitcher injuries. Let's start with Trevor Rosenthal, the closer, presumed closer, I guess. One of the three options they had out in San Diego. He is on the aisle with shoulder fatigue. So Mark Mellencon has got the first two saves for the Padres of this season. He's uh, going to be that veteran arm that they look at uh, and lean on here, uh, especially early on. No timetable for the return of Trevor Rosenthal. Tony Gonsolin placed on the aisle with shoulder inflammation. I don't know if this is a Dodgers thing. The Dodgers have already been goofy about their lineups. We've talked about the amount of depth the Dodgers have. I assume you won't see Tony Gonsolin for – maybe you won't see him in all of April, but then if he still told me he made 15 to 18 starts this year, I would not be surprised. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of uh, like NBA-style resting going on with the LA's depth. And they're going to do just fine with it. Final one is this afternoon, L.A.'s Hernandez. He was, I watched some of that start for the Marlins the other day. He wasn't throwing as hard as he usually does. Actually, that was against your race. He was not throwing as hard as he usually does. It comes out that he has right bicep inflammation. He gets placed on the 10-day IL. That one's kind of tough because he's kind of just a two-pitch pitcher. So 
they need that to heal because if he's throwing 90, it's not the same as him throwing 93. And when you're two pitches, you really need to be able to at least be – they need to be very good, the two pitches that you have. Absolutely. Uh, the only other – uh, I guess news and notes is uh, two more bigger things. We have uh, the big uh, extension happens. Uh, Francisco Lindor does get the uh, uh, contract extension before the, the deadline of opening day. Ten years, $341 million. What do you think of that extension? So it came out that they offered him 10 years and 325, right? And then it was that he was going to counter with 12 years, 381. And then so they settle at 10 years, 341. $34 million a year makes him the, I think it's like close to the, Double the highest paid Met in history, I think I saw. David Wright was the old highest paid Met. Now Steve Cohen came in. He said he wanted to spend. And, hey, he locked up one of the best 10 players in baseball, right? And probably one of the more popular players in baseball as far as selling tickets. So when we get back to full capacity, I think it's a good signing. If you're going to bring in Francisco Lindor, you're not going to let him walk after one year. I'm just hoping that the contract includes the Bobby Bonilla style where he's <laughs> getting paid a million dollars uh, a year for like for life. Uh, I saw something that, that Bobby Bonilla gets paid beyond Francisco Lindor's contract. So <laughs> apparently it does not because I remember seeing that on some website that he will still be getting paid when Francisco Lindor is done getting paid by the Mets. Gotta love it. Uh, the other uh, big news from the, the week is the MLB All-Star game uh, due to uh, uh, taking a stand on uh, political issues. MLB has decided to move the game from Atlanta uh, due to the Georgia voting law that is in place, and now it is a free agent looking for a new home. It sounds like Major League Baseball will be uh, looking to announce a new home in the next uh, five to seven days. You got to do that quick, right? Because if yep. you want to get tickets, you got to do that quick. You got to get it. You make sure that everything is in order there. Sounds like some of the early front runners are right here in Wisconsin because Hank Aaron has. Passed away, so if you want to honor Hank Aaron, you played in either Atlanta, where they just moved it from, or Milwaukee. Kansas City sounds like a good possibility. They have the Negro Baseball League Hall of Fame. You want to honor that? That that makes sense to me. Um, and then I've just heard Texas, because we're going to see today, Texas is throwing out 40,000 fans out there. So if you want to make some money back, you put it to Texas. Any thoughts on uh, uh, Manfred's uh, decision to uh, move the game? No matter how he did it, I suppose it was going to look as a political stand. If he kept it there, it was going to be it is going to alienate half. If he moves it, it was going to alienate half. Uh, for once, I don't envy him. It was a tough decision to make. It was I, going to be a massive distraction hanging over yeah. the entire uh, season about this as uh, people tried stirring more and more things up about it. It was going to keep the game in the news for all the wrong reasons. I said, I'll watch... Every time the Braves are on TV, I will watch the Braves, and I won't think about about Georgia's voting laws. So would I have watched the game thinking about Georgia's voting laws? No. Was there going to be a lot of pressure because of this? In his case, yeah, there was. And, you know, he made a call. It's it's his decision. It's not it's not the worst decision he's ever made. I'll say that. <laughs> now, that is true. Uh, that is definitely true. Uh, here's the problem that's coming as we're seeing more of these things taking place and more that sports is getting involved in in politics. Uh, I understand and fully support First Amendment rights to free speech, everything within it, uh, right to have your opinion on, on anything that's there. Uh, the challenge that comes once you start wading into these waters, once athletes, once sports starts wading into these waters, you are now going to be expected to have an opinion on every single thing that happens within social justice, within anything within the uh, how this impacts uh, humanitarian issues along across the board. Uh, you are now going to be expected to, because you're saying, I want to take a stand on these things. If you don't wade into everything, 
you will be a hypocrite, uh, yeah. which is already uh, it's contentious waters that you're wading into. Let's talk but to someone you, about the Olympics. Yes, yeah, so again, there you go. Uh, you have uh, uh, are, is LeBron James going to a boycott uh, the Beijing Olympics? Uh, we already know how he feels about anyone saying anything about uh, uh, China as far as how it can impact the bottom line, mm-hmm. uh, but still wants to be a uh, spokesman for humanitarian uh, support. So again, the massive amounts of hypocrisy is going to going to dilute your message or what you are trying to convey. So that's the problem that comes once you dive out into these waters is you will be expected to be consistent across the board, to have, have an opinion now on everything because you've opened your mouth to have that opinion. It's just a, it's not a, a, a win scenario in my opinion. No, it is not. I do have one more bit of news quick, and that's just the fact that the Washington Nationals have not played a game yet. We are now recording here on Monday. It sounds like they've isolated it. Uh, They're going to play Tuesday. They're going to play tomorrow. And then Wednesday, they're going to do the seven-inning doubleheader thing to make up for today's game. Sounds like of the notable players, Schwarber is one of the players. I don't know if he has it, but he will not be playing, they said, this week. So I don't know if he has it or if he was a close contact. But the Nationals, as we move forward, they have not played yet. The Mets haven't played yet. No fault of their own, but they did not. It's so funny that it's the Mets, but but uh, they have not played yet either. But it was the Nationals who got COVID. We're still early in this. I do wish that baseball would go out and actually take advantage of their fact that they kept all these guys at the alternate training site, which yep. was so that they could play in these cases. But with, apparently they just, they're kind of hypocrites themselves in that we're going to keep all these guys from playing AAA ball so that they can stick around in case we have COVID. But we're not actually going to call them up. We'll just delay games. I don't know. It's a uh, just the reminder that as much as we are looking forward to things slowly returning to normal, we're not it's normal still yet. There. Oh, yeah, and this is going to be an issue throughout the year. It <laughs> impacted opening day, uh, and we're going to see that still taking place uh, as the uh, as the year moves on. Uh, when we come back, we are going to give you our predictions for the upcoming season, who we think the MVP is going to be, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year, division winners, and uh, who's going to the playoffs and who's going to win it all. My egg. Your eggs are cut, sir. Cut my milk. I can't, sir. It's liquid. Imbecile. Freeze it, then cut it. You, bring me the Wall Street Journal. You two, fight to the death. You are a madman. I want to party with you, cowboy. Are you kids with your loud music and your Dan Fogelberg, your Zima, hula hoops, and Pac-Man video games? Don't you see... People today have attention spans that can only be measured in nanoseconds. <laughs> be honest with you, I love his music. I do. I'm a Michael Fulton fan. Yes! That's awesome! MVPs, Cy Youngs, and Rookie of the Year's oh my. This is where we're at for the 2021 season. As we look at the uh, individual awards and take a look at, uh, go, we'll go right to the top with the most valuable player. In the AL, I'm sticking with uh, tried and true, uh, old reliable Mike Trout. <laughs> That's, that is the odds-on betting favorite for a reason. If someone told me that he hit 50 home runs and hit 290, I would say, yep, that sounds like his usual year. What is it? Eight straight years he's finished in the top five, right? That's what I saw last night. So if, if you're going to put an odds on it, it's always going to be Mike Trout. And if you actually have a uh, uh, nice lineup that not only features Rendon but Otani, oh, we've man. already seen him from opening uh, opening weekend here. I'll get, you, I'll get to him in a little bit on my hot takes. My AL MVP, I kind of wish he got off to a – I typed this out before he got off to a red-hot start, although he did sit a day. That's Alex Bregman. 
the Houston yeah. Astros look really good. The Houston Astros look really good. He played two days. He had a couple of home runs already. Uh, and then sat the day off. Now, he had the hamstring back in, what was it, January? So maybe they're going to take it a little easy with him. But I've never doubted Alex Bregman's ability to hit. I don't care about the trash can thing anymore. I don't want to hear it anymore. I saw that they were getting, you know, they got hit by. They were playing on the road in Oakland, and they got hit, and people cheered, which is I'm just done with it at this point. They're really good, and Alex Bregman is my pick. Uh, fans are going to keep this an issue now that they're finally back in the stands to be able to do it, and it's going to stay that way for a while. I remember at the old Tampa Bay Devil Rays games versus uh, the Red Sox but before the Red Sox were any good, uh, when the Rays were even worse, uh, when fans were being obnoxious, I would start chance of nineteen eighteen. So you know, it's uh, things stick around baseball for a very long time. Fans have long memories, and when they can uh, uh, revel in some of the the misery and put out some Schadenfreude, they will. Who's your pick for National League? NL MVP. I told you this a couple weeks when we went out to dinner, and it is Corey Seager. It has not changed it. I believe I mentioned it on this podcast. He's also just scorching hot to start the season. He got to play in Colorado, which didn't hurt, but another one. They sat him a day. They've sat Mookie Betts a day. So any of those Dodgers hitters, Bellinger sat a day. They're going to really take it easy because they can basically coast and I think get to 90 wins. So I do think Corey Seager is the second best hitter in this game, not named Trout, as far as like pure contact and hard contact. And if you told me he hit 45 home runs and hit 300, I would say, yep, that's certainly possible. I've uh, I've bought into the hype early on as well. Uh, I'm all aboard the uh, the Corey Seager train, uh, and uh, he has been uh, scorching since picking up a bat this spring. Uh, and uh, I think this is his chance to be the the statement he wants to get paid to. Yes, he does. Uh, and uh, yes, he, and does. He's, he sees the money that's been going out to uh, uh, free agent or soon to be free agent shortstops, or the money to Tatis, uh, the money to uh, Lindor. Uh, Corey Seager and Trevor Story. Get ready to get paid, boys. For the American League Cy Young, uh, I'm uh, also going back to the the Houston Astros uh, team. Zach Greinke, uh, a little bit overlooked at this stage in his career. There's a lot of good pitchers you can go with here, but if you are buying the Houston Astros hype, he is going to be a key figure in that, and I think that gets him one more Cy Young. That would be awesome. That would be like the... He's earned that in his whole career. I think does he have only one? Because he was at one year he had like a one nine nine ERA, and I think he got beat by Jake Arrieta. Which, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Um, my AL Cy Young is Lucas Giolito. Giolito is really good. I watched him pitch the other day. The changeup looks phenomenal. It darts into righties. He gets a ton of swinging strikes on it. I think that the White Sox are still going to be very good even without Eloy, unless Tony Lusa messes it up, which he's already started to do a little bit. But I do think Lucas Giolito is going to get the his first AL Cy Young. And on the National League side, uh, I was already talking about this in my uh, – uh, kind of in the preview section, we went through the NL Central uh, and different news and notes that I was hearing from ESPN's Jeff Passan and other places. Uh, opening weekend did nothing to change that. Uh, the best, one of the best pitching matchups you'll find all year uh, was Jose Barrios versus Corbin Burns, uh, and that was fun. Uh, six uh, no hit innings for both. Uh, fantastic uh, pitching performance. Uh, Corbin Burns is for real. His cutter, uh, it was up to 95 miles an hour. Uh, within it, he is. Uh, he showed ex- excellent stats last year in the shortened season. He's coming out ready to go again. I'm picking him for Cy Young for National League. You know, I'm all in on that. I would love to see Corbin Burns win that award. He's going to have to compete with Brandon Woodruff, I think. I think they're both. I'll say this: the NL is 
has many more options, it seems, in the AL, I think. The NL Agreed. seems to have better pitching than the AL does. So I'm going with Arenola. Arenola, the Phillies. The Phillies are going to come up later on as one of my picks to do a little thing more than I think people think for him. He looked great the other day. Actually, the Phillies got, just got done sweeping the Braves, which is a big start to the season for them. Nola looks really good. I've said before, I think Nola's underrated as far as being a top-five pitcher in baseball, and I think this is the year he gets himself a Cy Young Award. American League Rookie of the Year. Uh, I'm going to go with the guy who uh, uh, was all over Major League Baseball in uh, October. Randy Rosarina is still eligible for Rookie of the Year award, and uh, as long as he performs pretty decent, uh, he will. Uh, you you earn it from previous uh, things that you've done as well. So I, I think he's the odds-on heavy favorite right now in the American League. Rookie of the Year depends a lot on at-bats and availability early in the year. So or the fact that Rosarena plays every day probably makes him a famous. I'd love to say Jared Kelnick. I don't know if he'll be here sure. by May. Uh, I'm going to go with Andrew Vaughn. Now this is, mm. goes back to Tony La, Russa, Tony La Russa. So we've seen four games now. I've seen him sit two. He's 0 for 6 to start the season. Andrew Vaughn's a really good baseball player, and he made the team out of spring training. I think that if they play him every day, he's got – 280, 25 home runs in him, and I think that can be enough. Now, Arozarena, I have his name down too also because I think those two are very close. If Arozarena, if Andrew Vaughn starts to sit a lot of games, which that would be on Tony La then Arozarena should run away with that award. Yeah, but has Andrew Vaughn raced horses? He's not very fast. That is not his <laughs> skill set. He also is not a very good left fielder, but, you know, they were going to play Eloy out there, so it doesn't really matter. I, mm, The White Sox, after the first few days, kind of disappointing in how they're playing. How about the National League Rookie of the Year? I think we both have the same name here. That's Key Brian Hayes. That here is, is our Pittsburgh Pirates uh, mo- moment. I'm going to have to find some sort of uh, music to go with that one. I don't really know time. there's another option anymore. Like last year, I picked Mackenzie Gore. I don't even think Mackenzie Gore is going to pitch this season that enough innings. I didn't. I thought he had a chance last year. Now they went out and signed so many guys. I'd love to say Mackenzie Gore, but I don't think he's going to get the innings. So I don't think so either. Key Brian Hayes. You know, he got hurt. I said, but he's already he already hit a home run. Maybe he sets a month. He'll he'll get up as quick as any of the other big NL rookies at that point. I think he's got – I think he could steal 15 bases too. I think he could hit 15 homers easily, maybe more, and steal 15 bases while playing a good third base for Agreed. a team that's going to finish dead last in the National League Central. He'll be, I guess, in one of the lone positives uh, for That's uh, their Pittsburgh one building fans. block. Absolutely. Let's dive into uh, predictions for the uh, which team is going to win the, the divisions. Let's start with the AL East. I got the Yankees. I'm going with the Yankees. I did. I'd love to t- pick the Blue Jays. I'd love to pick the Rays. I said when we did the preview prediction, their question marks in the bottom of their rotation have had answers of good in the past. Now, it's been a while, but I've seen it more from them than I have out of the other two. There is uh, – uh, they have more margin for error. Uh, because they have such high-end talent in so many different uh, positions, uh, they can get away with their third, fourth, or fifth starter giving up four or five runs uh, each time their offense is good enough, uh, provided everyone stays healthy. Health is the key question there. Uh, but I'm just buying, and not just as a, a fan. This will be a homer pick, I'm sure, but uh, it's for other reasons. They find a, a way. They, they find a way to keep winning, uh, and... Uh, uh, Ryan Yarbrough looks like a, just a younger version of Mark Burley. Mark Burley. Uh, he, I went that. with I that's was, the comparison I have for him. I went with Kyle Hendricks light. That's the one that I went yeah. with. When I watched him the other day. I'm like, this is Kyle Hendricks light. Like, does not get the appreciation because he doesn't throw very hard, but pounds the strike zone. I I love Ryan Yarbrough. And to prove that I'm not a uh, uh, doing a homer pick is I didn't pick Tyler Glass now for Cy Young. Uh, even though if you watched <laughs> him on opening yeah. day, uh, he has a new the, pitch. The slutter. Uh, <laughs> the thing is, and it is. 
it got moves. effective. That thing moved a lot. I was very imp- I was very impressed with Glass. Now the changeup never worked for him because he couldn't keep his arm the same way. So you had the, the, the tell was always was there, yeah. uh, and with the tell being there. Uh, too much telegraphing to good uh, hitters. It, it keeps you from being as effective as you can be. He was clocked at 101 miles per hour in his fastball on opening day. He's got his uh, excellent curveball. And now this uh, slurve, slutter, whatever you want to call it, uh, that he's uh, going with here, uh, he now has an effective third pitch. That's what he's been searching for. It works. It's moved well in spring. It looked well in opening day. Uh, they do have two very good pitchers at the top of the rotation. The offense is better than people think. Uh, and uh, I think they're still going to find a way when it's all said and done uh, to put together the puzzle the best way that they know how. Let's move to the NL East, shall we, or should we just take in the AL? NL East? Let's go to NL East. NL East, even though they're starting off in the bottom here after being swept by the Philadelphia Phillies, I'm going still with the Braves. It's going to win the NL East. The offense, right now, Freddie Freeman's hitless. Ozzy Albies is hitless. I think Marcel Azuna has one hit. And Dansby Swanson has a hit. That uh, won't stay that that's way. That's not going to last. These guys are some of the best hitters in baseball. Freddie Freeman might very well be the best hitter in baseball, not named Trout or Seager, in my opinion. So I still think I loved all the pitching signings, right? I said they needed pitching. They brought in all those pitchers. I still think it's going to work out for them. That's a really good team. I'm finally uh, believing it, which I'm sure when we look back on it, I'll be saying, why did I do it? Uh, but the New York Mets, uh, I, I like some of their lower-tier signings as well as their, their big signing. Uh, they already have the best pitcher in the game. Uh, and, and when you put everything together, I'm going to say that they find a way to make all the pieces uh, fit offensively. Uh, they've always been better on paper than they've shown fully, or even the stats show good, but then the, the numbers don't add up with everything. So I'm going New York Mets for division. Let's move to the AL Central, shall we? AL Central. I'm going to stick with it. Tony, don't let me down. I'm going to stick to the White Sox. Their offense is really good, should be really good, I think. And I said I like Giolito. Giolito wins a Cy Young. I feel really good about this. Lance Lynn came in. He looked fine the other night against the White Sox. Eight minutes. Dylan Cease said not a huge Dylan Cease guy. Didn't look very good the other night. But the back end of the bolt of the rotation, Carlos Rodon's pitching today. He was great in spring training. The the, rota- the velocity was up. They have a new pitching coach this year. Uh, apparently loved by the players. And we haven't really seen Liam Hendricks much. I think we saw him one game, and I think he gave up a run. But just the additions there. They they brought in a lot of good players. I I think that that's the team that's going to win the AL Central. I am not buying old school baseball uh, with uh, with Larusa. Like there's already people are noting the issue. Bring, let, letting Crease uh, uh, face uh, Otani a third time, uh, the third time through the order penalty. Like this is someone who's more stubbornly wanting to do square peg round hole and make it fit than he will actually accommodate or adapt to different things in the game. I think that is just going to shoot them in the foot too many times for what is a very talented team. I am not buying La Russa at all. Uh, that's not even one of my hot takes on opening weekend. But uh, uh, Minnesota Twins is who I got here. I think they still uh, come back. Nelson Cruz, is, uh, his age is not uh, showing yet. Uh, Jose Barrios, wow, opening day. It was great to see uh, what he can do. I think they find a way to keep a hold of this division. Yeah, they look amazing. Nelson Cruz has been amazing. The Twins are a very good team. I, th- I said I'd love to pick the Royals, but I think their it's bullpen, really a two-team uh, race. Their bullpen bothers me. Yeah, that, that's what worries me about some of these teams. If we move out to the NL Central, NL Central, I have to say, you convinced me. This could be my homer pick. You convinced me. I am going to go with the Milwaukee Brewers, even yes. though they didn't look great this last week. They 
It's the bullpen. The bullpen should be really good. We haven't seen Devin Williams yet. Josh Hader looked amazing the first day. As good as I've ever seen him, he finally hit triple digits and threw the fastball in there. Got to give Drew Rasmussen some time. Drew, oh, yeah. uh, it was, oh, yeah. it, the stuff is there. It just There's a couple of dinks and dunks and things that happened, but I, I'm, I'm still a believer in that bullpen. The offense has been bad so far, but we're three days in, right? We're three days in. I want to believe that Christian Yelich... Jackie Bradley, Lorenzo Cain, and Avisea Garcia are going to be a well above average outfield, not only offensively but defensively. And like you said, you put Burns and Woodruff at the top of the rotation, and that should be – that might be the best two-person pitcher pair in the baseball, right up there with uh, – there's some other ones, right? I've, uh, I'll have i have a comment on that a little later. Okay. Uh, but the uh, Brewers are also my pick, uh, and especially when you count – uh, the, the star talent that they have, the overall depth or the, the pitching strength that they have always always trumps everything else. If you have good pitching, you can make up for a lot of things. Uh, and it's the weakest division in baseball. Uh, I think we put those things together. I like the Brewers' odds in the, the NL Central this year. How about the uh, AL West for you? AL West, I'm all back in on the Houston Astros. I thought the Houston Astros were good last year, but I think I went with the Angels, and they kind of let me down. The Astros look incredible this year. They the offense has, is very, very strong. Jose Altuve looks like he's bounced back to being his usual self after a, kind of an off year. Alex Bregman, I don't remember. I saw it online, but I forgot that they had a bout with COVID right before the season started last year. So they actually did not get some practice time. Like, they missed an extra week of practice last season, and we never talked about that affecting them last year. But they, even without George Springer, their offense looks very, very strong still and well, enough they're, pitching. They're, they're bringing back uh, Jordan Alvarez, too. Uh, he looked good, really good. And uh, that was someone you remember when he was healthy two years ago, uh, the damage that he can do to a baseball. Uh, and so that right there makes up offensively for the loss of George Springer. Uh, and now you have uh, uh, Kyle Tucker uh, getting more uh, prominent time there as well. Uh, they're my pick in the AL West uh, 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 as well. The I'm not buying Oakland, and that was before this weekend. Uh, I, I just don't think they did. They're trying just to dial it back, and I Oakland not, finishes third in my good. mind. In my yeah. mind, Oakland finishes third. I think the Angels are better than Oakland. Yeah, we'll I think the Angels will make things uh, competitive. I'm curious to see how that goes. Uh, NL West, I'd be shocked if we don't have the same opinion here. The Dodgers are the best team in baseball, right? The Dodgers are the best team in baseball, and I said, I think they can rest Betts and Seager and Bellinger and Justin Turner and do their thing with their pitchers and still cruise to 90 wins. Yeah, if there's any team that has the uh, – best odds of winning 100 games this year it's the it's the Dodgers this team is so stacked yeah they're, they're going to be like an NBA team as far as resting guys uh like from back-to-back type things or taking a start off here and there uh that's how they're going to approach it maybe that keeps them from 100 and gets them more like 95 because they're not going to always be trying to win every single game that regular season do. the regular yeah. season isn't where this team is built for this is your NBA team where they coast it yep. down the stretch and they get ready for the playoffs this team does not care they they know that they're good enough to win the regular season they're going to focus on the playoffs again the Padres might keep that a little more interesting than they would prefer uh and we'll we'll see how that uh, how that goes uh and that gets us to our wild cards uh, to go with it. the American League who do you got do you want them both yeah okay I have the Toronto Blue Jays I've said I believe enough in the back of their pitching rotation just enough uh Matt's looks okay some of that type of stuff that I think they can get in. I said I'd love to pick the Rays. I would want to pick the Rays for you, man. But I'm going to go. I'm going to be a man of my convictions. And I'm going out of left field here, and I'm saying the Kansas City Royals. Woo! There we go. Uh, I'm, uh, I said, I'm excited to see them. Not quite that excited, uh, but I am excited to see them. I, 
you and I have talked uh, a lot this offseason, have enjoyed what they have uh, what they have done. They've had a good game plan for themselves, uh, and they've uh, overall that offense is, is and better than, than people think. Uh, it has a little bit of everything, a blend of, of power. I mean, Jorge Soler led the American League in home runs just two years ago. You have on-base uh, percentage of guys in there. Carlos Santana has been one of the best at that in the in baseball in the last uh, several years of his career. Uh, you have uh, Whit Merrifield, who's been the, the, the stalwart. Good. What's that? He's been real good to start yeah. the season off, too. He had a couple home runs, I saw. and They're off to a two-in-one start. You know, it's extremely early. They played Texas, which is one of the worst teams. But I think this team can... Uh, Find a way, and that means that they're going to beat the Twins and beat the Indians, which not a lot of people will think, but I'm sticking to my conviction there on the Royals. So you have the uh, Rays missing the playoffs, correct? I have the from Rays wor- and World the Series. Angels mixed. I know. I, that's and a lot. You're not the only one. You're not Tyler, the only one. I, would, I said Blake Snell, Tyler Glass now, or Blake Snell and Charlie Morton leaving is a big deal. It is. G-Man Choi not being there a month, maybe not a big deal. Like Maybe it's not. He's a first baseman, though. Like He's a good, very good defender. Nick Anderson out for at Nick least Anderson's half the year. Nick Anderson's out half the season. They lost Alvarado. Maybe it's not that big of a deal. Maybe, and I said, if there's a team that will find a way to do this, I'd have no doubt it's them. But on paper, I cannot say that they are better than some of these teams. Chaz Rowe just went on the 10-day IL as of today. Uh, uh, you have uh, uh, Ryan Sheriff. Uh, also uh, is taking a, a leave of absence, really. There, No one knows what that's all about at this point. Uh, so there's still a lot of roster turnover. Now, again, they're used to it, but there's so many variables that are there. You can see this team, again, uh, I would say despite the consistency of this team, this is the most high-variance team that you have in all of Major League Baseball. You can see them winning the division. You can see them missing the playoffs. You nailed it, man. Like if you said, if you told me that at, towards the end of the season this team is competing with the Yankees, I'd say, yep, they figured it out again. And if you told me that this is a team that doesn't make it all, I'd say, yeah, that's kind of what I saw happening. So, yeah, I I hope I'm pulling for them. Like everybody pulls for the Rays, right? It's it's always everybody wants to pull for them. I just I can't say that I'm going to mark them down though. Uh, my wild card teams, uh, Yankees and White Sox. Uh, as much as I'm not a believer overall in. Uh, uh, La Russa, I still think there's too much talent to not make the playoffs. Uh, and the Yankees, obviously, are very, very good. I think that's a, uh, a two-team race in the AL East, which that means I do not have the Blue Jays making the playoffs. So you don't have the Blue Jays making it. I don't have the Twins making it. And I don't have the... So you have the Twins and Rays making it, while I, whereas I have Toronto and the Royals making it. That's the difference, if I'm not mistaken. So... We'll see. Follow along here. There's going to be some, uh, no matter what you do when it comes to the division winners and wild card winners based upon the last year as well, uh, everyone's going to have hot, uh, considerable hot takes for teams that don't make it uh, with them. And that's going to come to the National League too. Why don't we uh, talk about your National League wild cards? Well, I'm assuming we, I'm going I'm to take an assumption here and say that you have the Padres as a wild card. That is correct. Because I think there's a legit case you could make that the Padres are the second best team in the National League. That is correct. Now, they don't have maybe quite as much depth, but I think that we both think the Padres are going to make it. Now, I'm going to put the Phillies in here. I'm going to put the Phillies in here, which means I don't have the Mets making the playoffs. I really like Aaron Nola. I'm really, really impressed with Zach Wheeler. If you're talking about another team that has two of the best pitchers in baseball, Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler look really good. I think they did enough to the bullpen. I think they did just enough to that bullpen to get it to the playoffs. There's two teams that made uh, uh, strong opening weekend statements. Uh, and we've talked about uh, the Houston Astros on the, on the one side. Uh, the Phillies are the other one. The 4-0 start, uh, they've looked very good. 
uh, and I have them making the, the the second wild card here as well. So we are so in, we are in agreement. So Braves making it. I don't have the Braves <sighs> making it. And and Oof. here's and I'm going to tell you right now, it's not because of any one particular stat. I think it's one of those weird things. Despite there being good talent here, things just not clicking. Like the Mets. And not getting yes, like the 100%. Mets. One hundred percent coming off of what was a very good year for them. Just the pieces just not fitting. It should, mm-hmm. but it won't. That would be, I see. I mean, we have all of the same except for the fact that I have the Braves and you have the Mets. And any talk? Did you think about St. Louis at all as a wild card? Because I had them at least marked down as a possibility. They were a possibility. They were eliminated pretty quickly, though. Yeah, I I there's, wanted to believe more, in their bullpen, but I don't more depth see in the starters. National League uh, than the American League. I think there's more good teams. I agree with that. Uh, which makes it harder from a wild card standpoint. So who you got for your World Series? Let's say you go first. I, Dodgers uh, returning. Uh, I, and that's just the, the hands-on favorite. It's hard not to pick that at this point. And I have the Astros. Uh, I, I've, uh, I'm in, a, in full agreement with, uh, uh, with what I've seen from them. I have them picked before that, even more confident now. And I have the Los Angeles Dodgers as well. I think that you almost... I said, you don't have to pick them. You don't have to do anything, but it sure seems like they should be the favorite to make it there. I'm sure Vegas agrees with that. And I have the Chicago White Sox. I I could again could definitely see it. Oh, yeah, the uh, Astros certainly make sense, right? They're a great team. The White Sox are a good team. The Yankees are a good team. They almost all have the same question mark, too. All those really strong offenses, really strong offenses. I was talking pitching. to uh, someone on Easter that uh, I was talking to my father-in-law about uh, – the National League, it's clear cut. You know who the, like the top one or two teams are. It's it's very much there. The American League, not as much. It's more wide open. There's every team that's there has some sort of major question mark that keeps you from being too confident in it. You know, until like you know the Astros uh, blow everyone out of the water and opening uh, opening weekend. Uh, but uh, still, uh, it's uh, it's harder to make a clear cut definitive team in the American League this year. That's that is definitely true. Do you have? Do you want to do some hot takes here? Well, uh, last one I had for a random note, and this is more for player, but biggest name traded during the season. That was the only other c- category that I thought of here. I got down a name that I came up with. I'm going to go with Chris Bryant. It's a big yeah. name traded. I don't know how good the game is anymore, but it's a big name traded. I think I said the the Chicago Cubs could start dealing a lot of those names. Javier Baez could come up, Chris Bryant. I would love to put Trevor Story here. Uh, he's on the last year of his contract. He's probably the biggest name that could be traded. I just don't have any faith in the Rockies to actually do it and get anything out of it. So I could totally see them playing out the year with Trevor Story and him leaving as a free agent and going to play somewhere else for you know 10 years, $340 million, right? That's what Francisco Lindor got. So I'm sure Story is looking at that same type of contract. I don't think he gets traded. The Nationals will be in contention long enough, I think. We Neither one of us talked about the Nationals. I think they'll be in contention long enough that Scherzer stays, Corbin stays, uh, Kyle Schwarber stays. Like all those guys, I think stick around for a while there. But if they this fall, this isn't out, a team that is used to rebuilding. No, if they fall out, those pitchers get moved because everybody wants pitchers. And if those pitchers start getting moved, those are some big names. Yeah, I don't have uh, a pitcher down for mine though. That makes uh, a ton of sense. I have Jose Ramirez uh, mm-hmm. as uh, Cleveland continues. On paper, there's still enough talent to be a sneaky pick for a wild card or even the Ales uh, uh, Central uh, within it. They have enough pitching depth uh, to make that interesting. I don't think they have the offense. 
Uh, Jose Ramirez only has, I believe, a year and a half left on his deal. Uh, this is the sweet spot. Uh, well, two years when you count the full season here, but by the time we get to the trading deadline, one and a half. That's the sweet spot for trading someone like that to get the best uh, uh, value for it, and this is a team that does do a pretty good job of getting value for its players. So that's one that I see uh, coming there. I think I mentioned last week that he is... Every bit as likely to win the AL MVP, or he is just as likely to end up on a different team at the at the All Strike. If that team is a contention, I'm assuming that it's because Jose Ramirez is hitting on pace to hit 30 home runs and steal 30 bases because he's amazing. But if they're not contention, he could very easily end up. I'm trying to think of a team that needs a third baseman. Well, G- the Yankees have Gio Urshela, but that's never stopped him from making a move or something like that. <laughs> For a guy like that, you tend to make room. It'll be interesting to see how that one uh, how that one goes. Uh, when we come back, it's, uh, again, opening weekend. Best thing to do is to get, put out your best uh, hot takes and uh, uh, see how that goes. Coming back. You can take away our phones and you can take away our keys, but you cannot take away our dreams. That's right, because we're like sleeping when we have them. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Well, when we talk about uh, uh, idiotic or mind-boggling takes, nothing better than hot takes from opening weekend of seeing uh, uh, just uh, two, three, four games, or not at all, depending upon which team uh, we're talking about here. Uh, But uh, best hot takes of opening weekend, there is a great, and I'm going to get it, uh, get the quote here or the... uh, the added audio for it. There was the the Cleveland Indians uh, announcer doing the uh, post game interviews or post game phone call ins with fans, uh, and uh, he just went off on a fan's hot take after a one game uh, after opening day, and he just goes off on him. And I think that's going to be the best way to start a segment like this. Whenever we do hot takes on right. the, the Heater Podcast, I think that's how we have to begin uh, with at least a clip from that. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to get to our final segment of uh, this uh, week's podcast with our best hot takes of opening weekend. Uh, what we're going to do is uh, make a hot take and make the case for it, and then the other will give the rate. Uh, will rate the percentage of truth in it from zero to one hundred percent, where they see that hot take being. Uh, so I'm going to kick us off here. Uh, my first one, and and you alluded to it when we talked about some of our division coverage. Woodruff and Burns, which sounds like a law firm. Uh, I'm buying that law firm. Uh, Woodruff and Burns will be the best one-two punch in the National League. Hot take number one. And again, the reason for that uh, is uh, Woodruff has already been, has established himself in the last two years as a legitimate ace of a team. Burns last year looked very good in his stats. You saw him on opening day. Uh, He has no hit stuff. That cutter is, uh, especially at that miles per hour, uh, is just fascinating to watch. Uh, for a team that used to be about all hitting and no pitching, things have started to change in Milwaukee. I think this is the best one-two punch in the National League. The National League has some pretty good one-two punches. Now, I love Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. I think they're very good, but there's these guys out in Los Angeles named Kershaw and Bauer, Trevor Bauer, our boy, almost threw a, had a 
made a run at a no-hitter until he kind of blew up a little bit, but that's a really good one to take. The Padres brought in all those pitchers, so I guess you'd say it's you Darvish in his half a dozen pitches and Blake Snell. I said the Phillies. I love Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler. I think they're really good. And I had another one on my mind. I suppose you could even make the case for the Reds, right? Luis Castillo. Now it was better when it was Trevor Bauer, but Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray. So DeGrom and whoever's number two. <laughs> DeGrom and whoever you want to say out there, like just because of him being out there. So there are some really good one-two part pairings of pitchers in the National League. I will say that if I'm ranking them, though, I'm going to put the Brewers second behind the Dodgers. The Dodgers, you could actually say it's like, Kershaw and Bueller, Bauer, Bueller, Kershaw, Bueller, whatever you want to say. Some combination of those two, I will say, is probably the best one, too. But I'd probably take Burns and Woodruff over Darvish and Snell at this point, just because Blake Snell is good, but I saw him walking plenty the other night again when I saw it. So I think they're probably the second best. So what does that put me at? 75%, I suppose, is probably the the amount of heat on that take. Just got to buy the law for a man, Woodruff and Burns. Well, let's keep it in Milwaukee. I'm going to go with one on the other side since we're talking Brewers here. How about Keston Hura is completely lost at the plate and needs to be sent to the minor leagues. He has started off 0 for 11. Six strikeouts. He has not drawn a walk yet. And we talked about his defense. So I believe he's the shortest first baseman now in baseball because he's not a first baseman by nature, which should not affect you that much, but stretches. There was one play a couple days ago where it was real close over there, and I think if he was an inch taller, it's probably an out. Instead, it was safe, and he had to make a throw to second base, dropped the arm down, the the ball rises, it's safe all the way around, and before it was all said and done against the Twins, I think it led to three runs in that inning. I think it's he's just in his own head. Like they're batting him second. He really he either needs to drop down the order or he needs to get sent to the minors for a while and just get some confidence back. I'm rating that as a hundred percent, and the reason why is it's either going to be and Milwaukee needs to be very careful. Uh, this is a guy that was drafted and, and considered in that draft the best pure hitter in that draft class. That's his calling card, and so the defensive issues I, you were going to live with them if you to get to the bat. The bat being so off is the red flag here. Uh, and I don't know, if you're that deep into your own head, if you've lost your strength, moving down uh, lower in the batting order, is that going to do it? Uh, and the more that the slump goes on, the further damage that gets done here. I think it is time for him just to, just to go to the minors. Now, again, I suppose the only argument against it is there's no minors to send him to right now. All you have is the alternative site. Uh, if you had a triple A season going, I would send him there, give him a month, just let him go. Say, look, we do believe in you. We want you to do this without the pressure on you. Go remember the love of hitting. Go do that. Take care of that. Get your mojo back. Get your uh, rhythm back. And then we're pulling you back in here. Uh, and I, it's either that or it's a change of scenery. And that's not going to happen this year. But this is this is the uh, the last year of Keston Hira in a Brewers uniform if he doesn't get this fixed. I'd like to think that he figures it out, but I forgot about the fact that there is no minor league, but that's a good point on that. Otherwise, you'd send him down there and you'd tell him, like, teach him how to play first a little better, right? He's kind of basically learning on the fly, and it's we said yep, it's yep. probably less pressure because it's not as hard a second, but it's still a new position. You can't just ask these guys to go. Maybe It's not the outfield, right? The outfield, you just go and catch the ball. But if you're playing an infield position, you still got to learn footwork and stuff, and it was a little off. We kind of saw that last night in the, the Angels game on Sunday Night Baseball. The first baseman kind of messed it up and almost led to Shohei Otani getting hurt because the footwork was a little off. So it's a challenging position, too. My uh, second hot take I have here is 2021 will be the Houston Astros comeback tour. 
hundred percent agree on that. You could I if you hadn't picked the Astros, and I probably could have still said it. I think the Astros have a very good chance to win the American League again. Uh, I said they. Bregman looks back. Altuve looks back. You mentioned Jordan Alvarez. The pitching is enough. And now it sounded like when, when we talked a couple weeks ago, Framber Valdez was going to miss the season with that finger thing. Now it's it's healing, and we don't need surgery. And it sounds like there's a legit chance he's back in May, June. So get the pitching back. The hitting is going to be there, and I 100% agree that I'm sick. Of, I'm, they're going to have to deal with that all year on the on the road. They're going to deal with all the trash cans and all the whenever they get hit. There's going to be cheering, but but they've had a year to prepare. They've for gotten it better now. at it. Like uh, Correa dropped the bat, he got hit. Right, he the cheer the fans cheered, and we've seen Carlos Correa be kind of a hot. He's also trying to get paid. Right, he's also looking to get paid a big contract, but he dropped the bat and he ran to first. And maybe I'm not saying he has to be remorseful. He he served his time. I don't care if he if he really wants to pimp the rides or whatever. He wants to pimp his walks, but he we've seen him be remorseful enough to the point where he served his time. And now it's, I want to play some baseball, it looks like. And when this team wants to play baseball, they're really good. This is a team that has also embraced the role as the bad guy, right? They're they're fine with being the one everyone hates. They're, they're fine with that role. They welcome that role. And a little bit of arrogance says we want that role. Uh, and, and there is a bit of an edge to that. And they play with an edge. Uh, and that's not uh, surprising to see. Again, I think the comeback tour officially started in the playoffs last year. It all finally clicked again. They felt like themselves again, and you saw that. They came within uh, one final game uh, of going back to the uh, World Series last year. Uh, This team is back. You're kind of the glass-half-full guy with your optimistic takes, and I'm kind of the glass-half-empty guy with my pessimistic takes. So the glass might be half-full with the Astros, but the glass is almost drained. I'm Boston looks bad. We have not talked about the Boston Red Sox. They just got done being uh-huh. swept by the Baltimore Orioles, who uh-huh. uh, I don't think are very good yet, but they just got swept, and Boston did not look good. So far, we have hitters here. Bobby Dalbeck, 0 for 10, and I mentioned he strikes out too much. Guess what he's doing? Striking out a lot. Xander Bogarts is 1 for 12. Rafael Devers is 0 for 6. Franchi Cordero, 0 for 5. Enrique Hernandez, 1 for 13. Hunter Renfro, 0 for 7. They are a lot of strikeout in that game. The only one who's been hitting is J.D. Martinez looks back. That's good. 6 for 12. He looks good. I saw him have a couple doubles. But overall, the pitching's bad. And now suddenly the, the offense has a lot of strikeouts in it. And are the Boston Red Sox just bad, like bottom feeders, AL East bad? Two things. One, that what that means is now they're going to just all of a sudden light up the Rays for the three-game series starting today. After hearing those numbers and how bad those numbers are, they're just going to go off in the next three games. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, but overall, yeah, this is a bottom-feeding team. Uh, what the biggest task that Heim Bloom has as the new you know executive vice president over there with uh with the Red Sox he's been there for a year he you know traded away the salary and now they've made uh, like the value type moves is now trying to do things raise style over there he has to figure out what Andrew Friedman did when he left Andrew Friedman built uh he kept his calling card he built that farm system in, in LA uh, that has gone back to being one of the best farm systems LA has one of the top 5 farm systems in all of baseball and they have a $250 million <laughs> payroll. So, yes, use your strength. You know how to find value in things, but you need to also wield the financial might of being a big market team. And that's what changes the game for. That's what Andrew Friedman figured out from going from small market to large market. Yes, he did the major part he needed to address in getting the talent in the farm system, but he also knows that he can spend, and he has done that very well. So now, again, part of that, I believe, is, is Boston ownership. They have been massively cheap uh, from last year on. It's the reason why uh, they're, uh, uh, Dave Dombrowski 
left. Uh, it was going to be because of financial differences and not for his own contract, but for how they were going to operate this team. So I don't know if Boston ownership is ready for the angst that is going to come if this is a fall on the face, fall on your franchise face year uh, as they try to figure out this rebuild. Uh, they're not used to it. This is a fan base that is very impatient. Uh, and I hope that the ownership is willing to take a little bit of that heat and not try to uh, uh, blame the front office yet for the directives that ownership has given. So you're 100% in agreement on this one? I am. Okay. Okay. We're, we're, we're pretty under- sympathetical so far here. I have, uh, here's one that's more of a, a better hot take after this weekend. Jose Alvarado will lead the National League in saves. Here's a team that desperately needs uh, a closer, desperately needs uh, a better bullpen. Uh, Alvarado did le- lead the uh, Tampa Bay Rays two years ago in saves. Uh, electric uh, left-handed uh, pitcher. He can pitch up to 100 miles an hour, has a wicked slider. The issue for him has been control and also commitment to the game. He was out of shape uh, last year. That out of shape led to injuries. Uh, he was not himself. Now, he also dealt with some off-the-field issues with the uh, health of his mom and uh, things that have taken place there as well. Uh, but he came to camp after the trade. He came to the camp with Philly in much better shape, showing much more commitment. And uh, again, the key thing, key thing uh, for him now is control. If he can have any bit of control of his pitches, he's always had electric stuff. Does he have it? Jose Alvarado leading the National League in saves. I think he'll lead the Phillies in saves, which I wasn't sure about a week ago when there was Archie Bradley there and Hector Neris. I think he might come back. And I think they said they want Hector Neris to do some of the closing there. So you're, you're going off because I don't even think he's the primary closer right now. I don't think he leads the National League in saves. I think that the National League leader in saves comes out of the NL East, but I think it's probably Edwin Diaz. He has the most rock solid. Like, Josh Hader probably has the best stuff, but I think Devin Williams is going to vulture 8 to 10 saves. I think Edwin Diaz has the least amount of competition on what I would consider to be a good team. Kenley Jansen already sat one down. Corey Knable got a save out in Los Angeles, so... And I, you go to the Padres, but they have both Pagan and Melancon still, even with Res- Rosenthal Hurt. So you want to find one where there's not a lot of competition, and I'm not sure that's even the case in Philly, where they have Hector Neris, and you want to find it on a good team. So I'm going to go with the Mets and say that Edwin Diaz leads the National League in saves. As far as hot take, that is like that is a hot take. That's probably like a, a 10% where I believe it. So what does that make, a 90% hot mm-hmm. take then? So a uh, five strikeout to one walk from opening weekend to saves. Uh, so we are, uh, uh, that would be a massive buy-in from opening uh, opening weekend. So I'm going to go on, uh, we have to mention this guy. We should have mentioned maybe in the news and notes, but if I knew I was going to talk about him here, here's a hot take for you. Uh, a week ago, I had never heard of Yerman Mercedes beyond the <laughs> fact that he was a player that I knew a little bit about. But I'm going to go with the fact, here's my hot take. He ends up being, I just said that I think Andrew Vaughn could be the rookie of the year. Yerman Mercedes, the 28-year-old journeyman who's bounced around the minor leagues, who has started the season 8-for-8 after a 5-for-5, and then he went 3-for-3 before. He's since made a couple of outs. He ends up being the best rookie on the White Sox. Here's a guy that has started off, uh, uh, and ironically, uh, you're talking about uh, uh, being the best rookie, not only on the... on I the could. White Sox, after after everything mm-hmm. there, you know, uh, sets the major league mark eight for eight uh, to start the season. Uh, Historic, he, yeah, he is. Uh, uh, 
going right for everything that you'd want. And it's it's not just cheap hits. Uh, his uh, The exit velocity is strong. He had a 421-foot home run uh, off a 2-2 splitter from Alex Cobb uh, for his sixth hit overall. Uh, a lot of this is about, and you, you find this in, in Major League Baseball, you, these guys that just, when they finally get their opportunity, they run with it. Uh, Justin Turner uh, is an example of, of that. And uh, time. Max Muncy uh, is another one. Luke Voigt, when he stayed healthy with things. like There's guys that they don't always uh, have that chance or it doesn't all line up at age 23, 24. Uh, big prospect out of the, the minors and come through and just uh, hitting right away. Some of these guys bounce around for a while before they actually get uh, their opportunity. And I'll rate it at 50. Okay. I'm going to rate it at 50 because it's definitely a, a hot take from opening weekend. Okay. Uh, kind of like Kyle Lewis last year who uh, went off as the baseball's best hitter for about four to six weeks. Uh, so I rate this in the same way. Uh, but there's still a strong chance. You come out like this, there's still a strong chance that you have a very good rookie year and you overshadow the guy who they thought would be uh, their best rookie on the team. I just say I watched a little bit of your Mercedes. Big boy, big guy, barrels it up a lot, but... I said he he's I think he was a catcher actually in the minor leagues mostly so they're, they're playing him at a DH which is what's moved Andrew Vaughn to left this is a team that doesn't really care about their defense either so if he gets you know 500 at bats could he hit 280 look at the minor league stats they're all there it, it's possible he could do that it, the talent has always been there so we'll see here's my big uh, uh big hot take if you if you thought Jose Alvarado was one uh Blake Snell only makes it into the sixth inning in less than ten of his starts, uh, all the all the uh, the flack. I swear, Kevin Cash had to drink a beer in a little bit of satisfaction uh, in seeing that the in his first start with the Padres, four and two thirds. They pull him before even the end of the fifth. Uh, he is uh, again electric stuff. But inconsistent, he nibbles. Uh, there's always issues with pitch counts. He always gets himself into jams. He has the stuff to work himself out of it. But even there, uh, they pulled him after four and two-thirds. So Blake Snell only makes it into the sixth inning in ten or less of his starts. I could see that because, first off, he's not exactly a paragon of health at all times. So do we think he makes 35 starts? Because I'd definitely take it. Like if you told me he made 28 starts, I could see that more than him making 35. So, and see, he makes it into the six or he gets through six. Even making it into the, well, makes it through the six. Makes it through the six? Okay. That, that I'll say, probably does not happen 10 times. That, that I will agree, will not happen 10 times because that means that you're, that's 60 innings there. Plus, you say he's making another 18 starts or whatever. Maybe he goes five. Now you're getting up there in innings for him. And he's never shown that he can, that would be 150 innings right there. If he went five every game, other than the ones that he goes six, you're at 150. I will say that's actually probably still going to happen. Now, like you said, Kevin Cash got a lot of flack for not giving Blake Snell the long leash. Uh, he, he's when the wheels still come off of Blake Snell. Yeah. The wheels come yeah, off. You, you nailed it there. So it's definitely a hot take because I feel like if you ask most people, would they believe that? Yeah, they would probably say, no, he, they're going to unleash him this year, right? Look at you, Darvish. Look at uh, – I'm trying to think who um, – Joe Musgrove just went six the other night for him. So the Padres have shown that they're willing to let people go, but Joe Musgrove walked to zero, I believe, that game and struck out seven, and Blake Snell is just not an efficient enough pitcher to do that. I think uh, – uh 
we'll see. I, I, for his sake, I hope I'm wrong, but I think there's going to start to be a stigma attached to him uh, very quickly, a reputation that's going to be there after this year. Jose Barrios, you mentioned the pitching uh, effort against the Brewers. I believe most people consider Kent Maeda to be the ace of that team. I'm ready to say Kep, Jose Barrios, he was throwing about two to three miles an hour harder. His thing has always been he doesn't throw particularly hard, and then he relies on the slurve thing that he throws. And that was when he's throwing harder and the slurve is still being located. I'm ready to say it. Jose Brios is not only the ace of the twins, he's one of the best 10 pitchers in baseball. Ooh, there's a good take. Uh, the talent has been there, right? We, we've watched him come up, and now is he entering his third year or second year? Uh, he's a, a young pitcher who's been uh, uh, bouncing through, learning how to pitch at the major league level. This is about the time when someone like this with this type of talent puts it all together. So he's been around for, th- this will be his fourth year, you count the short stuff, short season, and it's been always a high threes year, a three eight nine, three eight four, three six eight four, which isn't, it's not bad, right? It's not, certainly not bad. It's not ace level. Can he get that ERA under three? I, I agree that he's going to end up with it being the best numbers uh, on the Minnesota staff. Uh, because uh, Kenta Maeda gets to face the ace every time, uh, and the veteran presence where he where it takes the pressure off of Jose Barrios, he doesn't have to be that guy. It allows him to clean up in the second spot, uh, and I very much uh, agree with that. One of the ten best pitchers in in baseball or AL. I said baseball. I'm going to rate that at forty. Uh, I, I I could see it. Uh, it would not surprise me at all. Uh, I'm looking at more of the other types of uh, pitchers who are there and trying to track it in my head. I don't see him at 10 there. 10 in Ale, I buy that. So right now, according to baseball reference, due to the fact that he is not giving up a hit yet or a walk yet, he has a negative FIP. Congratulations. Nice. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it's a hot take. We'll see. I'd like to see it from him. The twi- If the Twins are going to make the playoffs like you had them and I don't have them, he's got to be good. Absolutely. My final hot take, uh, the Blue Jays have found themselves a closer. 29-year-old rookie Julian Merriweather had a fantastic uh, opening weekend, uh, and you watched some of those games. He throws really hard. So Julian Merriweather was the primary return that they got from the Josh Donaldson trade, I don't know, two, three years ago, whatever that was. Julian Merriweather was the primary return in that, and so everybody thought that the Blue Jays kind of got robbed in that, and then Kirby Yates got hurt. We talked about that a couple weeks ago, and I, we all assumed it was going to be probably Jordan Romano and Rafael Delis, but two saves already in three days for Julian Merriweather. He throws really, really hard, and he looks really good. I, I think that Julian Merriweather is definitely going to be the closer. At least, I don't, I'm don't. i not saying that Jordan Romano won't get his save opportunities still. I don't. I think Rafael Delis will get it. I think they're going to Phillies it, raise it, whatever team you want to say, where they're going to, you know, mix it up and do the stable type of thing and play the matchups. But if you told me that he leads the Blue Jays and saves, I'll, I'll take that. Uh, this very well could be another Kirby Yates uh, type of situation. Pitcher uh, overlooked at the first part of his, his career, uh, gets some major league exposure, does something decent, then when finally given the opportunity, explodes. Uh, and uh, let's see if Merriweather is that type of guy by the end of the season. If we're talking about explosions, I suppose we got to talk about this guy too. Because if you're watching Sunday Night Baseball, ESPN was all over it because it is the first time in, was it 100 years or something, that the American League team willingly gave up the DH because they have to, a pitcher who can do it. And 
you've been a big Shohei Otani guy. I'm I love Shohei Otani. I did was not as aggressive as you were last year where you picked him to be the Cy Young Award, but last night was where he displayed everything. Joe Madden was the first guy who actually let him do both and he pitched and he hit in the same game. So hitting wise, he hit a home run in the very first pitch he saw, like a hundred and like four hundred and fifty feet, and then he barreled up one later on and hit it just as hard. He just didn't get the lift into it. Pitching wise, he I think he threw eight pitches over 100 miles an hour. So it was something like he has the hardest. He had like the hardest hit ball and the second or third fastest pitch pitch of the season, which is just unbelievable. Now he is the first pitcher in uh, uh, first player in uh, MLB history to have an exit velocity of over 100 miles an hour on a hit and also throw over 100 miles an hour on a pitch in the same inning. I believe it was 110 or 115 miles per hour exit velocity on his 450-foot blast uh, and then pitching over 100 miles an hour uh, there. So we heard in spring training that he was throwing this hard. That's what we heard. But I still got the same concerns with Shohei Otani's pitching. It is He throws really hard. He has still almost... No, he can basically throw the fastball. He can control that. He can sort of control the splitter. None of the off-speed stuff has any control. So four and two-thirds, he still walks five, gives up a couple hits, and then at the end he gives he gets kind of banged up. It sounds like it's going to be fine there. But I'm gonna so if he is able to do this thing, where I I have no concerns anymore about his hitting. His hitting, I think he could be a top one of the best DHs in baseball just as a hitter. But if he throws in the pitching, you know everybody wants to say MVP. I'll just go out and say. He's the best player on the Angels, and you said Mike Trout's going to win the AL MVP. So, and they have Anthony Rendon, who we both think is really good. So, is Shohei Otani the best player on the Angels? You said player, uh, and that is, I'm sure, Purposely. worded for a reason. Yes, uh, if we're talking player, you're talking about all encompassing. Uh, as great as Mike Trout is, uh, he's not throwing 100 miles an hour from the mound. Uh, he's not going to be one of your top five uh, starters in the rotation. Uh, there's definitely the need for Otani uh, in that spot. And uh, you saw it. baseball is waiting for him to do this. Uh, Major League Baseball, on that uh, one spring training game, we saw it come out, the big uh, front page spread uh, for him pitching and hitting and, and the blast that he hit that, uh, that day. Uh, baseball wants to market this guy. Uh, and... Uh, his opening uh, debut uh, is again, night and day different from what was happening last year with the control issues that were there. His spring is night and day different. Uh, those control issues aren't completely gone. Uh, in fact, if anything does him in uh, as a pitcher, it's going to be the control. And in fact, I say he's got at most two years to prove that he can be a starting pitcher. I think he's... Uh, otherwise, he's going to be the, a DH. And again, there's worse fail-safes, right? They have one of the best DHs in, in baseball. Uh but this experiment, this two-way experiment, uh, is uh, this year you get to test it out. Is he the best player? I'll rate that at I'll rate that at 70%. Because there's definitely the possibility for him doing it. Yeah, I would say this. I think that he could be a lights-out closer. Now, I don't know if they would ever try that with him. Like, bat the game, maybe only bat... Like last night, I think they, they said they wanted to get him up three times. So they got him up to the plate three times, and they took him out, and they had to pinch hit. Couldn't you try to bat him three times? And I don't. maybe you can't do this. Maybe it's illegal. I don't know. This is We're talking about things that are almost brand new because of Shohei Otani. Could you try to bat him three times, pull him from the game as a DH, sub-pitch hit someone else, and then move him to your bullpen and see if he can pitch relief for you? 
See, the uh, once you pull a player, the player is, is pulled. You can't bring him back, even in a different position. But, uh, and the Rays have done this before, and it's Madden who's over there. Could you start him as DH and then uh, decide to eliminate the DH and make him a pitcher for that inning? You absolutely could, but now you just lose the DH spot for the rest of the game. But at that point, you're pinch hitting anyways uh, after him hitting. So could you do that where you uh, have him DH and then... Uh, Let's say you want to bring him in as a multi-inning uh, mm-hmm. reliever for like two, two, three innings, uh, or even just one. Uh, you go from that to that spot. Could you do that? Absolutely. Uh, the possibilities are endless with this guy, and I don't think anyone, even the Angels, don't know yet. Where does he land? Uh, where does he fit on the spectrum? They're trying this and trying to see, can he do both workloads? And if he had better control, this is a non-issue. It's just that there's too much of a danger. Anyone who watched anything last spring training, when he didn't get through uh, the first inning because he walked nine guys, uh, that that case of the yips is, again, the fact that he still walked five and four and two-thirds is is the issue. Uh, right now they're making it easier with the six-man rotation. We'll see what happens this year. It's going to be interesting. I want to talk about interesting. In a couple of years, Shohei Otani is scheduled to hit free agency, 2024. That wow, might be the most that far away. amazing free agency that we're going to... Now, I'm not jumping ahead here, obviously, but can you imagine if he can prove that he can both pitch and hit how much money a team like the Yankees or someone like that is going to back up and offer this guy? Let's put it this way. If, if the control gets under, uh, under control, uh, and we've seen what he can do at, with the bat, if he's a legitimate two-way player, if he can actually start, stay healthy, and give you at least 150 innings, you're looking at baseball's first uh, $400 million player. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, if you figure that, how much did Trev get? Or I was going to say, I was trying to remember. <laughs> was it like uh, 350 Yeah, I need to look up what Trout's contract was. Uh, it's like You could, could basically say that you could combine. Now, he's not Trevor Bauer pitching. He's never going to be Trevor Bauer. But we were talking about, I'm trying to think, like, could he be Jose Barrios? Eh, probably not. But could he be that far off of it? Yeah, I think he could get close to that. So he'd be the second. I because I, I forgot about Mike Trout surpassing that amount. Four hundred twenty-six point five million is what Mike Trout got. So you'd be looking at the first four hundred fifty million dollar player. I could see that getting to five. Like if he shows yeah. that he could, if he shows he could pitch and hit, it's just it's just something we've never seen before. He could be the best DH in this game when when Nelson Cruz now he can steal bases, which is something Nelson Cruz can't do. So he can be one of the best DHs already this year in this game and he could be a top 25 starting pitcher at the same time. He could get that money if Major League Baseball stays out of their own way to keep fan uh, increasing fan uh, uh, viewership uh, and keeping those uh, that revenue dollars up. Uh, if that happens in Major League Baseball, yeah, he's the one. If, if anyone has the potential right now in baseball to be the first $500 million player, it's him. It's not uh, uh, It's not uh, Corey Seager. It's not uh, uh, Trevor Story, Story uh, or any of these guys that are there. It, it is Shohei Otani. And, again, we're talking about a less than 10% because uh, you have to hit at the very peak of everything there. So the odds are obviously against it, but it sure would be fun to see. I would love to see him get the control, right? I've, I've been saying all along. I just don't think he has if, the control. If, if he, he could get it. three or four at most oh, yeah. in, in a five or six inning game, if he can get it down to that stage, just that stage, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yes, it will. Well, there's our first uh, uh, podcast of the new season as we uh, uh, now have games underway. Uh, next week, we'll start to unveil uh, some new segments for you and get ready for 
uh, the uh, uh, new year with uh, that as well. So uh, as we sit sit down here, and as Big uh, Bixby on my stupid phone is wanting to go off right now, I say nothing. I, I, there's, you know, there's uh, the, I'm out of range. There's no uh, Alexa and all these other names that are there. This screwy one with the uh, Samsung Galaxy, you don't even have to say the name or anywhere near it. It just randomly turns on. That's it's awesome. the most random was, thing I've ever seen. I was looking around and I'm like, what is that noise? And Bixby, huh? That's that's cool. No, so that's there's the name of that one, and uh, I do not uh, use it. Uh, <laughs> though uh, maybe it's, it's that's the point. It's getting mad that I'm not. That's right. She's uh, getting lonely. So it, it wasn't uh, a random stray deer walking by or anything making noise out here in this beautiful weather. You have a nice house. Uh, this is uh, a little bit nice of woods in the, in the back. Yeah, it's a peaceful back here, and uh, the only thing missing is the big screen TV to uh, to watch some baseball games. So enjoy some baseball this week, and we'll look forward to uh, recapping them next time. Take care. Get about the curveball.